When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, welcome back to another Wisco Fanatics Wednesday. Uh, I am by myself today. Tyler is a little busy, so he will not be joining. So it's just going to be me, solo dolo, doing my thing. Um, so to start off, we're going to cover the Bucks three games this last week. They went one and two, losses to the Knicks and the Wizards. They ended up beating the 76ers last night in Philly after visiting the White House on the 8th. So that's pretty exciting. I'm going to cover the Badgers 52 to three win against the Rutgers. And then I'm going to cover the, what to watch for on Saturday when they play Northwestern Wildcats, who are always a thorn in the Badgers side. And then we'll finish up by talking some Green Bay Packers. Uh, we got a lot of exciting news, a lot of stuff happening around the Packers. Bakhtiari's back, OBJ news, Aaron Rodgers never seems to know the right thing to say to please everybody, as he was quoted as saying anyway. So let's jump right into it. Uh, Bucks versus Knicks. Uh, this happened. This was an ESPN nationally televised game, so pretty embarrassing loss overall. Uh, they lost 113 to 98. And it's pretty crazy because they were up 38 to 19 at the end of the first quarter. Everybody was making shots. Grayson Allen looked like one of the best players in the world and the league, making a ton of shots. Uh, but to end that game, Derrick Rose, you know, starting in the second quarter, he really, really took over. He ended the game with 23 points, eight rebounds, four assists, and he was really the leader. And the Knicks coming back to beat the Bucks at home. Uh, Randall also had a good game for the Knicks, 32, 12, and four. Uh, you know, between those two guys, they had five of their 10 three pointers. So the Knicks really didn't shoot the ball that well. They did kill us on the boards, though. That's really where this game changed. They had 59 rebounds to the Bucks, 37. So you can't have that. And the other thing that happened in this game was the points in the paint. The points in the paint, the Knicks had 54 to the Bucks, 28. The Bucks are really, really sorely missing. Brooke Lopez and Chris Middleton. Brooke Lopez mainly has a lot of our issues. You know, last year in this show, Tyler and I talked about maybe Brooke was a little slow. But, you know, coming into this year, Brooke's missing all these games. We really, really see his impact. We saw it last year in the playoffs. His ability to defend the paint, control everything on that end of the court. And then his ability to stretch the floor on offense. You know, he really, really is a vital piece to our team. So, Going to watch some news and see when he's going to be coming back. Brooke Lopez and Chris Middleton both. Uh, Chris should be coming back at some point here pretty soon. He was out with the COVID, and Brooke Lopez still out with the back. But I will get into more stats in a second here. 
the next game was the Bucks versus the Wizards. We lost that game 101 to 94. Um, just wasn't a great game. I mean, Giannis had a, Giannis had a good game. He's had two monster back-to-back games. He had 29, 18, and five in this game. Bobby Portis had 13 and 13 rebounds. Grayson Allen had 19 points, and Drew Holiday 14, five and four. He only shot six of 16, though. He's still trying to get his legs underneath him, and that's the thing that you also have to keep in mind when talking about Chris and Brooke coming back is, excuse me, it's going to take them a couple games, maybe a week or two for them to get their legs underneath them. So they could really, you know, we can, we can hit our stride. I say if they come back in the next couple of weeks, I say end of December, early January, the Bucks really going to start taking off. At this point, the way that things are looking, I think the Bucks are going to end up as the three seed, maybe, maybe four seed, maybe two seed. I don't know if they're going to get the one seed. I think that's going to go to the Miami Heat, how it's looking right now. And they're going to be a tough outcome playoff time, but we're still in the beginning of the season. So back to this Bucks and Wizards game, uh, Bradley Beal was really the man in this game. He scored 30 points, had five rebounds, added eight assists. He controlled this entire game. Towards the end of the game when the Bucks were making a run, he was the one that got the big buckets and the big passes, you know, to you know secure that win for the Wizards. Uh, Montrez Hale added 15, and Kyle Kuzma, who – is playing amazing over there for Washington, added 15 and 10. I wrote down the field goal percentages for this game because I think it's it's something that we should watch, you know, from this game, the Knicks game, and the 76ers game as it's kind of trending upward. The Bucks, the new pieces are getting a little bit more comfortable, knowing where to be the right time. And, you know, we're just getting our legs underneath us, man. So there's no need for anybody to freak out. It's still the beginning of the season. We're, what, 11 games in, so calm down, right? So the Bucks shot 37 of 94 on regular field goals. They were 10 of 36 on three-pointers. That's it's not going to cut it in a lot of NBA games. I mean, you're not going to beat a lot of people only making 10 three-pointers, and you're shooting 35 to 40-plus every game. That's every team. You know, you got to shoot a good percentage, got to make your free throws, got to control the paint. Those are things that you have to do. They The Bucks did out-rebound the Wizards 49 to 42. And the assists, the Bucs only had 17 assists, and the Wizards had 24. That tells me that the Wizards were sharing the ball, everybody was moving, everybody was active, everybody was engaged. The Bucks not the same thing. It's just a lot of Giannis, and, you know, you kind of fill in a Grayson Allen here and there. You fill in a Bobby Portis shot, a Pat Connaughton three-pointer. It's like people don't know the places to be right now. Um, another thing that I wrote down was the same thing as, you know, the next game is the points in the paint. They gave up 50 points in the paint again. Now, this game they did better compared to the next game where they scored 44 points. But you can't be giving up 50 points in the paint. That's too easy. They give up 54 against the Knicks, 54 against the Wizards. Like, you can't do that. And that's where the Brooke Lopez missing is really, really a big thing. Um, Let's go to the comments here real quick. Got a comment. Yeah, my buddy uh, – Tyler Wilkins, I call him Schmo. So if you ever hear me say Schmo commented, that's my boy Tyler. He said Bucks need Lopez back, and they really, really do. He's the anchor of that defense. Uh, I wrote down the free throws because the Bucks lost this game by seven, right? So you know the points in the paint, they lost by six. Now the free throws, the Bucks were 10 of 18 on free throws. The Wizards were 8 of 13, so they left five points at the line themselves. But they won the points in the paint by six, so they're still plus. The Bucks 10 of 18. We only have three players going to the free throw line. Pat Connaughton, one of two. Grayson Allen, four of four. 
and Giannis was five of twelve. So as great as Giannis played, he left all he left seven points at the free throw line. He lost this game by by seven points, you know. So six or six points. That's that's something, you know. I'm not I'm not saying he has to shoot, you know, twelve of twelve. But say he goes eleven of twelve, you know, and it's a whole different game. But with that being said, you know, if he makes his free throws early in the game or late in the game or in the middle of the game, like it changes everything else that happened, you know. But hindsight is 2020, they say. My point is you got to be better at the free throw line. I've always been taught that free throws win games, and they do when you really, really look at it. Yeah, by myself today, James. Uh, Tyler's uh, got some personal life things going on today, so I'm riding solo dolo, man. Just covering the Bucks right now. I'll get to the Packers in a little bit. If you're interested in the Odell Beckham Jr. news, um, and Bakhtiari's back, so that's good news for us. Uh, Bucks 76ers, man. This was a this was a good game. This was a big time game for the Bucks. They needed a win. They went on the road. It's a hostile environment. You know, Harris and Embiid are out, but that's still a tough place to play. Going to Philly, those fans are reckless, man. Philly fans are crazy. You know, you know that in every single sport, the Sixers, the Eagles, I mean, the Phillies. I mean, Philly is a tough, tough place to play. So Bucks going in there and getting that win was absolutely huge for us. With that being said, Giannis Antetokounmpo was the man yesterday. He flexed all his power, his speed, his all of his athleticism. He showed it off yesterday. He had 31 points, 16 rebounds, four assists, and two monster, monster blocks. He had one block where he blocked it and he turned it into a dunk on somebody's head. And then he had another block towards the end of the game when we were just trying to, you know, close that game out. And Giannis was everywhere yesterday. Uh, Bobby added 19 and 10. Grayson Allen, 25 points from Grayson Allen. Grayson Allen is really, really starting to gel and fit into this rotation. He's making shots. He's playing hard-nosed defense. And, you know, the way that I've always explained Grayson Allen is he's one of those guys that you hate to play against, but you love when he's on your team. You know, he, he's, he defends you hard for 48 minutes, and you know he's going to be there every time. And he's one of those guys you're just like, damn, man, you come out of timeout, and you're just like, damn, man, I'm so tired. I don't want this guy in my, my face no more, you know. So Grayson Allen is awesome on our team. He's going to be a huge pickup, especially when we get a guy like Dante DiVincenzo back. We've got both of them just hounding you off ball, on ball. You got – Drew doing his thing. You got Giannis protecting the paint. Brooke, Chris, I see, you know, the method of madness in the offseason, you know, that Mr. Horst had in mind. Uh, Semi Ogile, also a guy, he was an underrated free agent saying, yeah, I can't wait either. My buddy uh, Schmo said, I can't wait till Dante back. I love Dante DiVincenzo. I appreciate his hustle. That's why I love Bobby Portis so much. Uh, people in Wisconsin, man, we are we're hard-nosed people. You know, we're, we're bucket and pail kind of people, man. Like, we, we appreciate hard workers. Um, So, guys like Bobby Portis, that's why we love Bobby Portis. He he shows 100% hustle. That's why we love Dante DiVincenzo. You know, and that's why we love Giannis. He puts his heart into everything, every every minute, every second. And, yes, he did. Uh, Semi Ojale was 4 for 4, 3 of 3 on three-pointers, and limited playing time. But he added 11 points and 8 rebounds. The Bucs as a team really, really rebounded much better yesterday, grabbing 52 rebounds. They had 21 assists, so more people were getting involved. They were 15 to 39 on threes, so you're shooting a higher percentage. Like I said, you've got to make more than 10 threes. 
And, you know, overall in field goals, they were 44 and 95. That's 46 percent. You know, when it comes to playoff time, you can deal with a 46 percent because you're going to you're going to hold them to 40, 45, 44, hopefully. So 46 percent is a good clip. We don't have two of our main guys. So overall, the Bucks are starting to trend up. They're starting to play a little bit better. It sucks. You know, that next game was that was that was a tough pill to swallow, man, watching that game, you know, and they, they just allowed them to come back. I mean, only four Bucks scored in double digits, and that includes Drew Holiday with 10. I mean, Nawara at 13, he started to fall apart there in the fourth quarter. Allen added 22. Basically, all his points were in the first quarter, and Giannis with 25. He had to earn all 25. You know, when you watch Giannis, Giannis is one of those guys where, like, he can just drop 30, and you're like, oh, well, I'm not surprised. It's Giannis. He's going to have 30 points, right? So, that being said, like, you know, sounded redundant a little bit, but the Bucks are playing better overall. So, now – we are going to switch over to the Badgers versus Rutgers. This was a really, really great game. Excuse me a second while I flip over my notebook, get to my notes here. Um, this was a really, really great game to watch if you're a Badger football fan, which I am. I sit down every Saturday, you know, after work. I come home, and I just look forward to watching the, the Badgers defense do its thing, right? We have the number one defense, the number one rush defense in the nation, and number one overall defense. This might be the best defense that, you know, we've had at Wisconsin, you know, and that's that's pretty goddamn impressive in my opinion. So the the Badgers versus the Rutgers was just an absolute slobber knocking. You know, like I said, we won 52 to 3. It was a fifth straight win for Wisconsin. Also the fifth straight game that Braylon Allen, you know, the budding star on the Badgers, went over 100 yards. So uh, Tyler said, not much of a game, just straight up murder them, boys, 100%. Take a drink real quick. I don't hammer beers like uh, the rest of the podcasters. I'm on a little bit of a health kick, so water is my drink of choice tonight. But uh, Braylon Allen, you know, he's been going over 100 for these last five games. The Badgers have been winning. It seems to be a physicality thing that we brought the physicality back into our offensive line. That's my personal opinion. It's not a hot take. That being said, let's get into the stats. I am going to get into Mertz, but I'm going to get into the other stuff first because I got a lot of stuff to say about Grant Mertz. Braylon Allen, 129 yards on 15 carries. He had an 8.6-yard average. That is disgusting and one touchdown. This while being hobbled with an ankle injury during the game, if you were watching, uh, they the commentators were talking about how Braylon Allen was nicked up in practice earlier in the week. So he had a – one and a half tires, I'll say, out of two tires, and he still had an 8.6-yard average, which is just gross. Uh, Malusi, the other half of the duo, probably the worst, you know, the not-as-good part of the duo, but still necessary part of the duo. 15 carries, 75 yards. He had a five-yard average, and he also added a touchdown. The Badgers, as a team, rushed the ball 51 times, for 305 yards and three touchdowns. That is dominating somebody. When you can be like, listen, we're going to run the ball 51 times, and we are going to run it right down your freaking throats. We're going to do dives. We're going to do stretches. We're going to do pitches. You know, they were doing it all, and every one of them was working. They were bringing in two freshmen, and they were getting rushing touchdowns. They were getting rushing yards, breaking big ones. I don't remember the name of the – 
true freshman wide receiver, but he was when I'm wearing number 32. He looked big, physical. I'm like, man, I'm getting excited for the future now. But right now, I think this team is on fire and they really have a chance to do something. It really sucks that they have three losses. It really does. But if they would only have, you know, say they only had one loss and they had a chance to get into the playoffs, I'd feel really confident with our running game right now and our defense that we could really make some noise. The only defense that's comparable to us is Georgia. And everybody talks about Georgia defense. With that being said, I'll talk a little bit about the impact that the defense had. Noah Vendral, the quarterback for the Rutgers, you know, I previewed him last week. He's been the quarterback there for a couple of years now. He was 8 of 16 for 81 yards, zero touchdowns, two picks, and he had a 4.9 quarterback rating. That is almost as low as you can get. 0.0 is as low as it goes. He had a 4.9 quarterback rating. That's terrible. I was texting my dad during the game, and I was just like, I feel bad for this Rutgers quarterback now. You know, the Badgers defense with the lead. We already blitz a lot, you know. We get to the quarterback a lot. We create a lot of pressure, create a lot of havoc. Uh, a couple weeks ago, probably about a month ago now, I talked about the only thing that this defense doesn't do is force turnovers, right? Well, ever since I said that, you know, USA Today wrote a, po- wrote a post after I said that, by the way, so give me some credit points. The Badgers have been forcing a lot of turnovers, man. Um, it was 3-1 to one in this game, so again, they won the turnover battle. They win the turnover battle, they run the ball. This Badgers team is very, very hard to beat. Uh, Isaiah Peshko. He's their running back. He's been their running back for a couple of years now. He's a pretty good player, actually. He had nine rushes for 55 yards. He had a 23 long. So he almost had a long run as much yards as the Badgers give up on an average for the game, which is crazy. A 23-yard run is, you know, that's a little over half of what they give up. But he, the team, you know, overall, they averaged, thir- they had 30 rushes, 95 yards, and they only had a three-yard average on rushing attempts. You know, you only have a three-yard average. It's hard to stick with that, especially on 30 attempts. You leave your quarterback back there to just get killed, you know. And that's exactly what happened in this game. He got whacked up. He came out of the game. He was a tough guy. And they even said it during the game that he's one of those guys where his toughness kind of, you know, you know, sings out through the whole team. And, you know, when he, when he was down on the ground, it was kind of like, okay, if this is your tough guy and he's laying on the ground. That is a very bad look for your team. So with that being said, uh, oh, I wanted to go back. I, wanted to me- I always mention the guys that get the interceptions. Caesar Williams, future player in the NFL. Noah Burks, not future NFL player. And Jordan Turner, he is a true freshman, got his first interception. You could just see the excitement on this young kid's face as he got the interception running the sidelines. It sucks that he got tripped up because he had a lot of room to run. But with that being said, let's get into the Graham Mertz, man. I am just so sick of everybody just killing this kid. You know, I'm one of those guys. I will, I will kill you when you play bad. I will just be a completely honest, you know, person, you know, I'll kill you when you're bad and I'll give you credit when you're good. That's just how I work. You know, same, it goes for anybody, you know, when Giannis makes a bad play, when Rogers throws a bad interception, you know, when Devonte Adams drops a pass, I mean, I'm going to call it like I see it. That's just how I work. So Graham Mertz threw an interception and it was a terrible read. I'll just be honest with you. It was double covered. 
And there was another, you know, it was it was the Ferguson who was running an in route, probably about an eight, 10 yard in route, and he was double covered. He's one of our main receivers. He's one of the guys that Mertz looks for the most. And there was a receiver coming behind him. I'm not sure who it was. Could have been uh, DK, if I remember correctly. But he was wide open behind him. So this is part of the progression of Mertz is being able to, you know, and he's gotten killed so many times blindside and he's thrown so many interceptions. So he's already putting pressure on himself. We don't need to put pressure on him too. So the next part of his progression is being able to stand in the pocket Look at look at Ferguson or the intended receiver, and then you know have those people double cover, you know, because they were already double covering, and Ferguson ended up falling down on the play, and it was an easy interception. But then just throw that strike to the guy behind him, you know. That was a big time gain. We don't know, maybe he breaks a tackle and runs it into the end zone, but that's the next thing for Mertz. After that play, Mertz played an absolutely perfect game. He ended the game 11 of 16, 240 yards, three touchdowns, the interception, and he had a 15-yard average on his on you know on his attempts. He had a quarterback rating of 92.4. I don't remember the last time Rodgers had a 90 quarterback rating. His quarterback rating, you know, is a little or that's QBR, not quarterback rating. QBR is, you know, that's a hard metric. It takes all the difficulty of throws in, all that stuff. It's a, it's a new one that came around, you know, probably about eight, 10 years ago. But his quarterback, his QBR of, of 94 point, 92.4 is, is insane. Dude, that, that is crazy. Um, Danny Davis got in the act. He was 72 of the yards. He, you know, we threw it out there, a little quick throw. He made a guy miss, and right up the sidelines he went. His first touchdown of the year. And uh, John Chanel, the other Chanel brother, um, he had his first career uh, receiving touchdown. So I thought that was a pretty cool stat. His brother obviously is a star on defense. And, you know, John is actually a pretty good fullback. You know, he gets in there and he's just, just a big guy, just gets in the way and just loves whacking people, you know. Um, other than that, it was it was really just a one-sided game. Badgers came out ready. And they, uh, they punched Rutgers in the mouth, and the Rutgers did not have an answer for it. So now – we are going to move on to Badgers Northwestern. Uh, Northwestern is always that team, and the Badgers are hot right now, won five in a row. Northwestern is always that team. You know, they're sitting at three and six now. Sometimes they're four and five. They could be two and seven. Like, they're that team that always is underperforming, and they always give the Badgers a loss. It's either them or Illinois, and it's really, really annoying. We already took care of Illinois. So now we have to take care of Northwestern. This game is in Madison. Uh, 11 a.m. game, ESPN 2, the over-under. I always say this part for people who bet. Uh, the over-under is 41, and the Badgers are favored by 24.5. So I'm going to get into a little bit of the stats here. It's, it's kind of crazy. There's, there's one stat on defense that's a little crazy to me. Northwestern. They are a team we should definitely not lose to. This is the same Northwestern team that lost to Nebraska 56-7. to Nebraska. Now, I know everybody's thinking, like, oh, Nebraska just played Ohio State tough. Nebraska's not good either, okay? I know it's any given Saturday, but they should not be losing to Nebraska 56-7. to This is not the Nebraska of the early 90s or the late 80s, okay? But with that being said, I'm just going to give you a little bit of things to think about. First of all, Graham Mertz is playing a lot better. 
He had three of his six passing touchdowns last week, as I just said. He has eight interceptions on the year. He had one last week. And he's 107 of 190. It's a pretty good completion percentage. And he has 1,289 yards, 240 that came last week versus the Rutgers. Uh, Malusi, 173 carries, 815 yards, five touchdowns. Braylon Allen has 93 carries, not even 100 carries. He has 661 yards and six touchdowns. Braylon Allen is going to be a first-round pick in the NFL one day, and I hope it's not for another three years because I want him to stay here for a long time. He is an absolute monster. The thing about Northwestern is they're a little bit like Purdue because they've used three quarterbacks, but they're to the next level of Purdue because all three of their quarterbacks have thrown at least 75 passes. That is insane. Three quarterbacks thrown 75 passes. The first one is Ryan Helinski. He's 72 of 134, 764 yards, three touchdowns, one pick. He's a sophomore. He's the young guy. He's probably the quarterback of the future in that program. The other two is Andrew Marty and Hunter Johnson. They have similar stats. Those two are both seniors. They both turn the ball over a ton. Uh, Marty is 46 of 76, 514 yards, five touchdowns, three interceptions. And Hunter Johnson, 45 of 75, 424 yards, four touchdowns, four picks. So on offense, they got they got no quarterback. You know, they haven't really made a decision on that. It might be Helinski now at this point. Um, I have not watched a Northwestern game, going to be honest with you. I don't tune in to watch bad college football. Uh, college football to me is not like NFL football where I watch every game. I will watch the big-time matchups, and I obviously watch every Badgers game. But having three quarterbacks throw that many passes really just shows that you don't have a quarterback. You don't have a guy that you trust you know, for four quarters, and that is something that this Badgers defense can definitely capitalize on, get to them early, force the issue. You know, you're back home. Let's see what you can do. The thing about – the thing that really, really, you know, uh, was crazy to me is the lead tackler on Northwestern, his name is Chris Bergen. He has 103 tackles already. The leading tackler on the Badgers is Sanborn with 50. Some guy on Northwestern has 53 more tackles. That's insane. The gap, the next guy was like 44. So this guy really, Chris Bergen, is the guy to watch for. He's the guy that's going to try to stop the, the Badgers run game. So we really, really got a key on him, get him out of the hole, and we might have some pretty big gains. They, didn't have, they don't force a lot of turnovers. I mean, they forced eight, eight fumbles, and they have four picks. The Badgers have eight interceptions, one return for a touchdown last week, and six forced fumbles and eight fumble recoveries. So the Badgers have really, really started to force more fumbles and you know give more opportunities to this Badgers offense who is being much more physical so my oh I have to do my weather report real quick oh Jake Berg he's back in the building so weather report this is 11 a.m game so it's an early game it's going to be cloudy 38 degrees winds west northwest at 10 to 15 miles per hour the thing that I'm going to say right now is there is a chance of snow on Saturday night. It's here, people. The snow is here. Um, I don't know if anybody wants to talk about it. I don't because I'm not looking forward to it, but it is what it is. So now, you know, since we're done with the Packers, I need more people or with the Badgers. We're switching to the Packers. 
I'm gonna need some more people to join this conversation. Help me talk some Packers football. All right. So now I'm on my Packers page. We are going to talk Green Bay versus Kansas City. Here we go. What a game that was on Sunday, huh? Stressful. Um, the things that I came out thinking, thats this is how I'm going to handle this. I really thought about how I was going to word this conversation. And the things that I came out thinking is Jordan Love didn't get a fair shot. The defense, you know, right now is good to very good. If we get Jair and Zadaria Smith back, it is definitely 100% Super Bowl caliber. And the special teams needs to pick it up. I mean, Crosby, you know, missing field goals. And I know we have a new long snapper, which I don't know what that's about. Why did we get rid of the old one? I didn't think there really was a problem. Uh, but Horkes having problems, you know, turning the ball so the laces are the right way, the ball's the way that Crosby likes it. I mean, that should all be stuff that's figured out in practice, you would think, right? So, I, I mean, that's just me, I guess. Uh, but I'm going to give you guys my three stars for the game, and I will break down Jordan Love in a second here. So, my, my number three star was a guy that did not, get the ball enough was A.J. Dillon. Um, he had eight carries, 46 yards. He had a 5.8-yard average. I do not understand why you're in a game on the road because Punter had the snapper in LA. Oh, yeah, I know, I know. But still, just that doesn't – why did we get rid of the old one? He was doing just fine. Um, you're in a game where it's a quarterback's first start you're on the road, and they're blitzing you a ton. They are just forcing Jordan Love to make a play. And he made some plays with his feet. Um, he had some wobbly throws that got caught. Uh, but for the most part, we didn't make any adjustments. So for me, I still to this day don't understand why Dylan didn't touch the ball more. A.J. Dylan has been phenomenal you know, in not a huge role so far this season. I think he should be used a little bit more. But, I mean, we're still 7-2. So, I guess I'm just complaining at this point. The point of this is A.J. Dillon needs to get the ball more. You stay ahead of the change. You put your young quarterback in a better position. You know, would you rather your young quarterback go at a third and three or a third and eight? I think that's a pretty easy decision if you ask me. My second star, and this is absolutely bonkers for me, is Kevin King. He was awesome besides one play. I mean, he still was awesome for you know diving and almost intercepting that pass. But if he would have caught that, that would have taken three more points off the board. Not like it really made a difference in the end. But Kevin King was the man on, on Sunday, man. He had seven tackles, four solo, that pass defense that I talked about. Love throwing 34 times when first start is ridiculous. Yeah, it really is. Um, it really, really, really is. Um, I wrote down that stat too. Um, they did not run the ball enough at all. I thought we were just going to run, 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 and run some more, and we were going to sprinkle in a little bit of Jordan Love. You can use Jordan Love's legs too, you know, on some, you know, quarterback options. He looked plenty fast enough. You get into a, a third and short, do a little quarterback option with a A.J. Dillon, you know what I'm saying? A lot of things we could have did. 
Back to my stars. Kevin King, man. Hey, what up, Isaac? How you doing, buddy? Kevin King, man. He gave up three catches on six targets for 21 yards. Kevin King absolutely balled out, dude. I don't know what the problem was, but it seems like every level of this defense is has improved over last year. The defensive line has been awesome. You know, they get rushed on the quarterback, but they also contain at the same time. The linebackers flowing sideline to sideline. I mean, the cornerbacks being aggressive, coming up and tackling. We're not giving it, we're not having safeties or corners or linebackers. I mean, maybe every once in a while it's gonna happen. They're human. But out of position, you know, three, four, five, nine times a game and giving up these big chunk yards. We barely give up chunk plays anymore. And that is something that is really, really beautiful to me. Uh, Kevin King, man, hats off to you. Not really. I have a receding hairline and I do not want to show my hair. <laughs> so that's what I'm very, very excited for because uh, – one second, I'm going to read a comment. My buddy Tyler said, Jordan Love looked great in the pocket, got sacked only once, and was pressured 52% of the game. See, they were, they were bringing blitz. That's why I talk about running the ball more and giving him favorable third downs, giving him favorable second downs. Tyler also said that's the difference between Barry and Patine. He has those guys playing. You know, Tyler, you know, co-host – Tyler, my boy, I miss you. Uh, this doesn't feel right without you. But we went to the first Packers practice. And uh, earmuffs, if you have kids, I'm going to swear. Because the first thing I ever heard out of Barry's mouth was they were setting up the defensive drills, right? And the cornerbacks were in an area, linebackers, D-line, like they always do. And they had uh, 10 minutes, you know, to get their individual stretches out and, you know, get everybody get set up. And the first thing I heard out of Barry's mouth is, you have 10 fucking minutes. So right away from the jump, Barry was intense and he was ready, you know, to get these guys in position to play football. You know, and I really loved his interviews in the offseason talking about instincts, you know, especially for linebackers and that star position, as he calls it, the slot corner. I mean, instincts is so huge in football to understand where to be time and place is a really, really big thing. And, you know, talking about that, this guy who's my number one star really showed great instincts on Sunday. And it's also the reason probably Jalen Smith got cut because he just wasn't he, – he's fast and he's athletic. He just wasn't showing, you know, the, the first step read that you look for in a middle linebacker. But my number one star is Chris freaking Barnes, dude. It's about freaking time, man. He was my preseason pick for – you know, player I wanted to improve and be an impact player for us on defense because I talked about it. I said, if the Packers are going to have a top five defense, they're going to need a good middle linebacker. That's just the name of the game. You need good defense up the middle. And Kenny Clark has improved too, by the way. But Chris Barnes, I really thought he was going to be that lead guy. I thought he was going to be what DeAndre, Devondre Campbell has been for us. But now that we have Campbell playing at his high level, still the number one rated linebacker on pro football focus, um, Chris Barnes, if he can just bring bring what he brought on Sunday, will just be nothing but a blessing. And, you know, my buddy Tyler pointed it out. Isaac pointed it out. Dude, that hit he put – Oh, my God. I haven't seen a hit like that in an NFL game that wasn't flagged in a long, long time. They let that they let those two boys run into each other and just create a massive impact, man. That 
was exciting to watch. It was awesome to watch Barnes chase that down and just holding the three points. And that was after the the punt went off of Malik. I believe it was Malik Taylor's foot, if I was wrong. Yeah, Darrell Williams isn't small either. And he smoked, dude. That was the best hit I've seen all year from anyone this year for Packers. Yeah, easily, easily the best hit from a Packers player this year. Um, That was that was a hit, man. That was an NFL linebacker tackle. You know, that was like when you watch Ray Lewis play back in the day, and I'm not saying he's Ray Lewis, but you look up Ray Lewis highlights to watch him literally, you know, rip people's heads off their body. And that's exactly what Chris Barnes tried to do. And that's what I love. So Jordan Love, I want to break it down a little bit more. And before I talk about Love, I'm going to show my home stats here. He was 20 of 37, 166 yards, 4.5 yard average, one touchdown. He had a 43.7 QBR and a 74 rating. Those are just not former MVP numbers, I know, and I've been raving about the defense, you know, because I'm just – I'm a defensive guy at heart. I love when – I love watching the Badgers, you know, football because they always have good defense, you know, for 10-plus years now, uh, you know, since Jim Leonard really got there. And, you know, I just love defense. And the Packers, you know, back in 2009, 2010, foreshadow, had a really good defense, and that's why we were able to win the Super Bowl, you know, in 2010. But Mahomes, 166 yards, that's in a 4.5 average. So here's Jordan Love, you know, and Tyler pointed it out. He was under pressure 52% of the game, and the Packers really didn't make a lot of adjustments. You know, I know in the third and the fourth, they tried to do uh, the dink and dunk and, the you know, the shorter routes, but it's like when you do that too much, you get predictable. That's why I'm calling for running the ball. You know, there's so many things we could have did. Could have handed off a jet sweep. You know, we could have did, you know, they did the play action. They had DeWar come across, you know, on the play action. And, you know, that's a little easy completion. You got to do more stuff like that to keep your quarterback, give him easy completions, move the pocket. I thought LaFleur was going to have a much better game plan than he did. I'm going to be completely honest. But Jordan Love, 19 to 34, he had seven different receivers. So right there. People need to stop comparing Jordan Love to Aaron Rodgers. I mean, 100%. And that starts with LaFleur. I'm going to say that right now. That starts with LaFleur. LaFleur had a game plan that was for Aaron Rodgers, and he thought he could just throw Jordan Love in there. That's what I thought watching that game. Jordan Love, 19-34, seven different receivers, like I said, 190 yards, touchdown, interception. Um, And the interception, that it wasn't like – a horrible pass. It was a pass that, you know, he should have brought it down just a little bit, but he allowed Devontae to try to go up and make a play for him, which he almost did. It's just the corner was right there and he made a better play. But uh, Love at a 27.4 QBR and a 69.5 quarterback rating. Um, the 19 at 34, he did have some really, really bad passes. Um, he said lock of first. Yeah, lack of first team reps, hurt love, him and Tay had no chemistry or connection at all. Yeah, the timing was just off. Um, it was one third down where Devontae was on the right, and they came in and they blitzed. Love is a young guy, man, and uh, no live action is really where it hurts you is seeing the blitzes, you know, and recognizing the coverage right away. So there was a lot of free blitzers coming in where Rodgers is able to be, hey, hey, watch him, check over here, you check here. Like Rodgers – you know, people used to watch Peyton Manning. You know, when I was younger, Peyton Manning controlled the entire game. 
Rodgers is at that point now in his career where he can really just set everything up. Jordan Love is not, obviously. But there was a pass. Devontae was on the right side. There was a free rusher, and he tried to throw back shoulder, you know, as a hot read. And Devontae just kept running a streak. So Devontae looks over. He looks sad. I hated watching that, by the way. It gave me uh, Rodgers 2019 vibes. I'm going to be completely honest with you. But he looked a little pouty, a little, little sick of it, a little annoyed. But you got to play football, man. And I was really, really begging for them to, you know, go over and talk to Love. You know, when he's sitting on the bench and the quarterback's coach is sitting next to him and he's showing him the play, I want Devontae and Cobb to be sitting over there like, okay, if you see this, what are you thinking? Like, I don't want them to be talking to each other on the sidelines and, like, talk. It seemed like – to me, you know, from outsider point of view, it seems like they're almost, like, complaining that Jordan Love is playing, you know, and I didn't want that. So I'm going to read a couple more comments here. Uh, one's from Tyler. He said, the second half, Love looked good. He threw some dimes in that TD drive. He completed 10 straight passes, I believe. He did complete 10 straight passes, and he did actually look good. That's the same drive that they, you know, started moving the pocket a little bit. Uh, Isaac said, Arrowhead – Stadium is super tough place to play, let alone first start at QB. Yeah, it's one of the harder stadiums. And then you come in with the pressure of, you know, Jordan Love already has pressure with, you know, being behind Aaron Rodgers and playing for the Packers and all the drama that surrounds Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, and then you add in Patrick Mahomes on the other side. And Patrick Mahomes is looked at as the darling of the NFL. And he throws this pass and he's been an MVP and a Super Bowl champion. And there's a lot of stuff that went into it. Um. Tyler said, did you notice all the bad snaps in the game last week? I seen about four of them from Patrick. Yeah, Lucas Patrick did not play a clean game. Uh, With talking about that, Royce Newman has been trending in the wrong way. It's the right guard, rookie right guard for the Green Bay Packers. I was looking at pro football focus, and I do not remember the other two names. But I do remember this part is that he got the third lowest pro football focus grade for a rookie right guard in the last 10 years. The third lowest. That's bad. Played a bad game. A lot of missed blocks. Uh, when Rodgers got sacked, two out of the three sacks that Rodgers got sacked in the Bears game, Newman messed up on those two. So he's really going to have to step it up. But we got some good news for the offensive line coming up here. Uh, my buddy Phil said, can we give kudos to Love's ability to get rid of the ball, avoiding sacks, and was smart enough to throw at feet of close runner back, running backs to avoid intentional grounding? 100%. Um, yeah, he does, Tyler. Um, but you know, love, I thought love played great, man. I mean, there was a couple times we tried to run that screen a couple times. There was one where they were basically hugging Aaron Jones. And I'm just like, how is that not defensive holding? You know, that'd have been an automatic first down for one. I mean, I believe we ran that play on second down or third down, if I remember correctly, but they ran that, that screen and the defensive tackle literally just went like this, bear-hugging Aaron Jones, and just brings him to the ground. And there's no call. No call at all. Jordan Love then has to freestyle. You know, and he doesn't have, you know, we talked about the reps that he had with the starting wide receivers and, you know, all this, all this shit that went into it. But it's like, that's why I started this. And I said that Jordan Love did not get a fair chance. So I'm not grading the future. I'm not weighing the future on this one game. I would love to see Jordan Love you know, have a few weeks of practice, few games in, you know, get the reps, get the timing down, play at home. You know, there's a lot more factors that go into it where I'm not going to judge a guy in his first start, but I thought he played okay. 
He said, I remember them running only like four screens and one was a wide receiver screen. We didn't run enough of those. I mean, we ran enough where they started to to really catch on to it. I mean, the defensive tackle, I mean, he's a backup too. So for him to recognize that right away, you know that they were he knew the formation and that we were running a screening in. So it's a lot to take away from Kansas City and Green Bay. Um, there's, ah, the Packers, man, there's just always drama with the Packers. It's crazy. Um, it never goes away uh, because we have a guy named Aaron Rodgers. And uh, Rodgers made news last week. And, you know, with the COVID and, you know, all the things he said on Pat McAfee on Friday. And he went on there yesterday and stirred the pot a little bit more. Yeah, special teams. Yeah, I, I talked about that, Isaac. They need – all right. I'm just going to say exactly what I said. So there's a the gentleman I talked to. His name is Greg. He's actually a grandfather for one of the kids uh, in my stepson's class, right? Um, I talk to him, you know, every, every, you know, every week about the Packers. And I'm going to say the line that I said to him because I think it, it hits the nail on the head. I said, I don't think the special teams can stick their heads farther up their ass after Sunday. That was absolutely the worst I've ever seen out of the special teams. And that's saying something, man. We gave them three points because of the punt. I mean, what is what is Amari Rogers doing? First of all, I gotta go back to Chiefs here because we're still talking about this game here. Um, what is Amari Rogers doing? I think that experiment's gotta die. He's not the punt returner. He's not the kick returner. Take him out. If it was me, I would absolutely 100%. If you, they just call fair catch most of the time, anyways. You put Randall Cobb back there. He, he's sure-handed and he knows how to catch. He knows how to call red. He knows when to run up and, and grab ball. Um, special teams is worse. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, like I'm saying, you know, put Randall Cobb back there. He's sure-handed. He's smart. He's a vet. He's just gonna get the ball back to Rogers after the defense does their job, right? And then the kicking of the field goals, man. I mean, to switch your long snapper, you know, a week before you play the Chiefs, and you know Jordan Love starting. I don't understand why Bajorquez is having problems in week nine, how to turn the damn ball on a field goal. You've been doing it all freaking year for us. And then when you switch long snappers, it can be a millisecond later or a millisecond earlier. And all of a sudden that messes with Crosby's timing. And these guys are like machines, man. They, they like to do the same thing every time. You know, I don't know if anybody's big bowlers in here, but my dad is. So I would bet I, my dad and my uncle Mike are, and I've been around bowling my entire life. So when they taught me bowling, they told me to be like a machine. Do the same arm swing every single time. Same release, same spot. And if you hit your spot where you strike, you'll get a strike every single time. That's how it works. Same thing with kicking. They like to be like a machine. They're like a pendulum. They like to hit the ball at the same time. Do the same steps. Everything is on a timing mechanism for kickers. So if you change the long snapper and the holding that's everything that, you know, that's changing the timing and everything, and that's messing with Crosby, who already had a terrible game against the Bengals. Um, man, Isaac, you and me both, man. Isaac said, uh, I'm, I'm just going to show this comment real quick because, man, I feel the exact same way. Uh, pay me the vet minimum. I'll go out there and be the, the kick holder, 100%. You know, you if you tell me to hold the damn ball, 
spinning a certain way. I can do that. Sounds pretty easy to me, man. I mean, I'm sure in the line of fire, it's a little bit more difficult with people running at you, but you got one job, man. Catch, boom. I can do that all day. Um, that's just the special teams gave up nine points. The Packers lost this game by six points. That's the game right there, man. I just said, right, I said I would attempt to tackle Henry for vet minimum. Yeah, we're not going to get into that conversation on here. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm sure you can tackle him now. I'm sure you can tackle uh, Henry right now because he's not, he's not going to be moving too fast. But I don't know about fully healthy Henry, buddy. <laughs> That's pretty crazy to me. All right, let's get into uh, this Packers and Seahawks game, boys. This is going to be a good game. Packers and Seahawks is always drama, man. Um, first of all, I want to get into the practice. Um, Bakhtiari off, off the pup list. Uh, today was a deadline and sure shit. He came off. Um, he was practicing today. Same thing with Kenny Clark. Kenny Clark left the game and uh, yes, sir. Bach is back, baby. Um, Kenny Clark came back to practice, you know, back injury. He left against the chiefs and I want to give a shout out to, uh, Jack Heflin for coming in undrafted rookie out of Iowa playing his ass off. Um, and another thing that was pretty good news, one of my favorite players, man, um, Jair was at practice today. The first time since week four, he was seen chatting with Zadarius Smith. I love Jair Alexander. I love his swagger. I love the lockup that he does behind his arms or his back with his arms. I mean, it's all it's all good for me, man. I love Jair. I got two of his jerseys upstairs. Uh, so Tyler just came in with news about Odell Beckham. This is why I did Packers last, hoping that Odell would sign during the show. He said, uh, OBJ to Seahawks is heating up. It sounds like, I don't know what's taking him so long. Yeah. Um, Odell, it's been a lot of news about that. I will get into that in a sec. So more about this game. The Seahawks are three and five, but obviously, you know, they've been without Russ forever. Um, like I said, the Packers and Seahawks is... You know, it's been a pretty good rivalry for the last couple of years. The Packers have won four out of five versus Seattle, though. The one loss, I believe, was a Thursday night game back in, like, 2018. Somebody fact-checked me on that. I remember we lost that game, and I remember that was the first time I saw Tanyan, and Rodgers threw a dart to him, you know, down the middle of the field, and Tanyan did one of these in the end zone. I believe that was 2018. Somebody has to check me on that. Um, When you're hurt, you think you would want to be around his teammates. Yeah, I know. But, you know, they're rehabbing and stuff like that. So they want to stay focused and grind that out, you know, if you're referring to Jair. Um, so Packers Seahawks, the Packers right now are favored by three. It is a 325 p.m. Central time game. And we have Romo and Jim Nance calling the game. I love Romo and, and Jim Nance. I don't know how everybody else feels, but I love when those guys call the game. They're really, really fun to listen to. So I'm really looking forward to them calling this game. Um. Sounds like Russell Wilson is going to be the starting quarterback for the Seahawks. And it sounds like we might not have Aaron Rodgers. So I came up with two different things. You know, I wrote, I always write down all the total yards, pass rush, and points. So I wrote down the game plans that I think that should happen, you know, with either quarterback, Rodgers, or Love starting. So Aaron Rodgers comes back. If he's Aaron freaking Rodgers, you go normal, normal game plan. You let Rodgers sling it. You let him make his checks. 
You do what you do. You're the Green Bay Packers. If Jordan Love starts, please, for the love of freaking God, run the damn ball. Please. I need more running. I need more A.J. Dillon. I need more Aaron Jones. I thought Aaron Jones was going to go crazy last week. And I need you to involve all parties. And with that being said, I need all parties to involve themselves. You know, you heard all week, oh, we got your back. They're tweeting about this, blah, blah, blah. Got your back, Jay Love. Uh, I mean, the defense played well, but the special teams didn't do nothing. They really lost us that game. The offensive line I'm really looking at, you know, Bakhtiari's practicing is off the pup list. If he can come out and he can play, that would absolutely be a huge boost for us. You know, it makes sense for him to return at home. I don't know about you, but it just makes sense to me. Um, Tyler said, if we sign OBJ, that will be the first first-round wide receiver Rodgers ever had, and we'll throw a TD to. That is a fact. Uh, if you don't know any of the news on OBJ, he is considering – it was reported that he was considering the Saints, Packers, and Chiefs, and now I guess the Seahawks are in on that. So um, that's definitely something to watch for. Um. If Jordan Love starts, you know, I talked about that. I talked about Bakhtiari coming back. Um, so I wrote down two score predictions. Um, if Rodgers plays, you know, and I went through all the games and, you know, the point totals, what they score, what they give up. If Aaron Rodgers plays, the Packers will win 27 to 7. Or 27 to 20, sorry. 27 to 20. If Jordan Love plays, I still Still, you know, looking at these rankings, the Seahawks are at their 31st in total yards given up. They're 28th in pass yards given up, 25th in rush yards given up. I mean, they give up a ton. Oh, and Patriots, I guess, Tim is saying. Um, Jordan Love plays. I still feel confident that the, the Packers can pull this out. So I predict, you know, if, if Jordan Love plays as a starting quarterback on Sunday, the Packers will win 20-17. to 17. I want to hear some uh, score predictions in the comments here. Um, but I have with Rogers 27 to 20 with love 20 to 17. Now let's get into this, you know, Odell Beckham jr. Situation. I have a couple quotes for, I saved them on my phone. So you have to give me a sec here. Um, I saved them on my phone, a couple quotes from Devonte Adams. So Devonte Adams on how high his hopes are that the Packers are going to sign Odell Beckham jr. He said, they are pretty high. I'm not going to lie. Now, another quote, Devontae Adams, on what what would happen if OBJ signed with Green Bay. He said, he had one catch for six yards in his last game. I can guarantee we can get him more than that over here. Can you guys just imagine? Imagine with me real quick. Now, I don't know if any of you watched the video that his dad put out that started all this beef with Baker and the Browns. but Baker definitely been missing Odell a lot. I watched a ton of Browns games. Um, the Browns are an, a fun team to watch, first of all. They're an up-and-coming team. They got a lot of a lot of names over there now. They're starting to get a lot of free agent signings. And, and you know, you know, talking fantasy football, I have a lot of their players on my team, so I was interested in those games. He missed Odell a lot. I have Odell in two leagues, and Odell's very much been a disappointment since being with the Browns, you know. And everybody keeps sharing their video. Uh, when Odell was shouting out the Sheboygan, uh, I actually lived in Sheboygan when that happened, so that was pretty crazy to me. Uh, Tyler still stays over in Sheboygan. I do not miss it. I'm over in Nina now, much better city. But back to the Odell news. Odell Beckham Jr. with Aaron Rodgers is absolutely insane. Um, 
you got Devontae Adams, right? He's the best receiver in the league. He's going to get the double coverage. You got Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon in the back. And you got Aaron Rodgers with that ball placement. You got LaFleur calling plays, which most of the time he is very, very good. He gets hidden behind Aaron Rodgers' tail a little bit. But when you have a top five guy, top guy, I personally think right now that Rodgers is probably the best quarterback in the league. He's definitely top three. Um, there's not three. There's not two quarterbacks I would take over Aaron Rodgers for my team. That's just maybe that's just me. I don't know. I'm being a little bit of a homer, but Aaron Rodgers is the man. Um, but you got a guy like Odell with his speed, his athleticism, his catch radius, you know, and a guy like Rodgers that could put the ball in a spot where only Odell can make a play. That's something that you know is really, really intriguing to me. Um, take a little bit of pressure off. Devontae, you can't just double Devontae anymore once Odell starts getting seven catches for 112 yards and a touchdown. You know, like, Austin, you got problems, man. We haven't had a good wide receiver duo since Jordy, man. Really, when he tore his ACL in, in Pittsburgh in that second preseason game, man. I mean, that was devastating. It was That was when Devontae was forced to step up. He was pretty bad that year. But since then, Devontae has been pretty goddamn good. So to have a good duo again would really be something that would be awesome, you know, especially since we just lost a guy like Tanyan, who is probably going to go crazy, um, you know, later on in this year. Now we get another guy like Odell that can really, you know, catch everything. He can do everything. He really can. You know, my buddy Tyler said Odell can do everything he can. I've been a fan of Odell for a long time now. I think he's an ultra-talented player. So we can get a guy like Odell, that would really, really be something that would be awesome. Getting a guy like Bakhtiari back off the pup list. This Packers team, you know, for everything that they've shown, I mean, we're fifth on defense in total yards. We're 22nd in offense. So kind of flip-flop from last year where we were first and we were kind of middle of the road on defense. This Packers team is only going to get better. You know, you he said, what number would you want them to wear? I mean, him taking Lazard's number in the middle of the year, that's pretty weird to me, going to be honest with you. So I don't even know if number three is retired in Green Bay history. I should look that up real quick. Uh, retired numbers in Green Bay. Um, but otherwise, I think he would go back to his college number, number three. He looked pretty cool in that single-digit wide receiver. That would be pretty sick to watch. I mean, it's still kind of weird to me, but still cool, like college a little bit. Tire numbers, Packers history, Packers history, can't type apparently. Okay. Six numbers are retired. Number three is retired. Tony Canadeo is number three. Uh, Brett Favre, four, obviously. Don Hudson, 14. Bart Starr, 15. Ray Nischke, 66. And Reggie White, 92. So he can't be number three. So, he said, I want him to wear number one. That would be nasty. That would absolutely be nasty. Um, either way, I just want him to be a Packer, honestly. Um, for a long time, I really pushed it to the side, and I denied it because, you know, we ran on the Gilmore news. We ran on the Jalen Smith news. We got Jalen Smith. Uh, way back in the day, you know, there was talks about us getting Calvin Johnson. There was talks about us getting Randy Moss. There was talks. You know, when Julio was made available, there was talks about skinny Julio. Like, the Packers are always in that conversation because we have an Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, there's always drama. You know, Rodgers is always talking. He wants more talent around him. He wants this, wants this. And we know Rodgers.
Rodgers is a superstar. He's a bona fide, you know, stud. Every time he steps on the field, he does everything he can to help this Packers team win. But getting him help is something that we really haven't done for a long time. So I want Goot to be aggressive. We can't really go over the, the vet minimum, you know, for money. But, you know, you can give Odell, you know, your word and be like, listen, you play well. We're going to bring you back. We're going to bring Devontae back. We're going to run this thing back next year. You know, you tell him you, you come for, for vet minimum. You're still getting paid your $8 million by the Browns. You're still making your money. But you come here, we're going to compete for a ring, man. He goes to the Seahawks. I don't see them competing for a ring. He goes to the Saints. I don't see them competing for a ring. Patriots, same thing. Those teams are not real contenders with Odell or without Odell. The Seahawks are not scary to me. Their defense doesn't get enough stops. In the playoffs, that will kill you. The Saints, they don't have a quarterback. So you go from Baker Mayfield and you literally downgrade to Trevor Simeon. With Jameis Winston, it makes sense. Just Jameis is okay. He's probably in the same tier as Baker in some ways. And, you know, you, you go home. I mean, we can't afford to lose OBJ like we did Moss last time. I mean, I agree with that. Um, I'll show that comment real quick so people can know what I read. Um, my buddy Tyler here. Um <sighs> You come to the Packers, that's, I mean, the Packers are Chiefs, and the Chiefs' defense has been terrible. Patrick Mahomes hasn't been the same, but, you know, you'd be willing to bet that the Chiefs is a better Super Bowl contender than the Seahawks, who are in a tough division. They're 3-5 and at this point in the season, so they got a lot of digging to try to make the playoffs. The Saints, who have Trevor Simeon at quarterback, they got a nice defense over there. They still got Alvin Kamara. Um, Michael Thomas is not coming back this year. Year, but they would still have some weapons. Um, the Saints are not a real Super Bowl contender. The Patriots with Mac Jones at quarterback. I'm sorry, you're not going and winning a Super Bowl with a rookie. You better have the best defense and the best run game in the whole damn league. And they got neither of those. The Packers and Chiefs is is really the you know uh Chiefs only team that could possibly win from who is interested. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Chiefs and, and Packers is really where it's at. You know, we're going to find out if he wants money more, if he wants to win. Oh, yeah, Isaac brings up a good point. My buddy Isaac said uh, red zone defense has been better but needs to work hard coming up. Schedule gets tougher against good offensive units. You know, it's funny you say that. I believe we play the Vikings next week, right? I think we play the Vikings next week. And we're going to talk about the Vikings for a second. We're not going to make jokes because we're not those kind of people. But uh, Packers do play the Vikings next week. Uh, Vikings got their own drama going on. I mean, I talked about how the, the Packers have some drama. But the Vikings got their own drama going on right now. Um, they got this Dalvin Cook stuff going on, and you're hearing a whole bunch of different things from it. Um, he beat up his girlfriend. His girlfriend beat him up. Um, I mean, there's just a lot of stuff going on in Minnesota, they're losing games, they're giving up leads. I mean, Vikings are just not looking too good, in my opinion. They're not looking scary. So um, that's, you know, I'm, I'm saying this because, you know, Isaac said the thing about red zone defenses. I mean, and I believe after that, I think we play the Rams in week 12, and then we got a bye, and then we play the Bears. And Justin Fields has looked better the last couple of weeks. I actually just got my tickets for that game today. Um, so I'm pretty, pretty excited about that. Um, yeah, Seattle got Carson back. Yeah, that does suck. Um, yeah, so I'm going to that Bears game. I'm really, really excited for that. I hope that we have a wide receiver duo 
of Odell and Devontae. Uh, talking about my boy Isaac Comshaw right here. He's actually coming to his first game, uh, that Rams game that I was just talking about. He's coming to Lambo. His first ever game is against the, the Rams. And that is going to be a mega, mega matchup. That's going to have a lot of playoff implications in it. So that's going to be an awesome game. I'm looking forward to meeting Isaac, who's a fan of the show. And he's also one of my friends, you know, from a, from a group. Man, I'm really excited to see you. And I'm excited that you get to see Lambo. If you have never experienced Lambo, people, I'm telling you, man, it is it's seriously one of the most beautiful places in the world. This is coming from a guy who lives in breeze sports, though. So take my opinion how you want to take it. The first game I ever went to, I actually went with uh, co-host of the show, Tyler Schicker. Uh, we got tickets from my dad's friend. We sat 50-yard line, seven rows off the field. And you really can smell the grass. I am not shitting you. People say that as a joke. You legitimately can smell the grass from the first 10 rows. Um, going to be OJ's biggest fan when he signs. Yeah, maybe he is. Maybe he is, Tyler. Maybe he will be the biggest fan. But uh, the story I was telling – we're sitting 50 yard line behind the Packers bench, uh, seven rows up. And my favorite player growing up was Reggie White. The first name I saw when I looked up was Vince Lombardi. And then I saw Reggie White. Those were the first two names I remember seeing. And I was just like, yeah, I could just die here. This is like the greatest place on earth because I love this place. Um, I've actually tried to talk my girlfriend into getting married there. It's not going too well. She wants a beach wedding. So. So I guess we'll see who wins there. Uh, but, yeah, I'm really excited for Isaac to see uh, Lambo. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, my buddy Tyler, uh, who's been uh, commenting on the show, one of one of my best friends. I love you, Tyler. But he, he's a Cubs fan, and we got into a debate. And I, I want to know people's answers. He said that Wrigley's a cooler stadium because it's older. And my rebuttal was there's more winning that happened in Lambo. You better save me plenty, guys. I should save dollars. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of money to go to Lambeau, but to me, it's worth it, man. I try to go at least one game a year, see the Packers. I mean, last year I didn't go because the uh, world was pretty crazy last year. But, uh, uh, yeah, I try to go to one game a year. And uh, really, because I want I, I don't take uh, Aaron Rodgers for granted like a lot of these people. And this can be the last year for Aaron Rodgers, so I'm glad Isaac's getting to watch him. With that being said, guys, um, Give you guys my weather report. Ah, let's see here. Got to get weather report up here, Jake's weather report. Boom, here we go, baby. Jake's weather report. So, remember how I mentioned in Madison for the game that on Saturday night there could be some snow flurries. So, a few flurries and snow showers possible on Sunday as well. Uh, when I was looking up the weather, a lot of it said that the snow was going to be just overnight, maybe leaking into the middle of the day and with this being a 325 game i really don't expect snow to be going all day if it does it's gonna be a lot of pissed off wisconsinites i'll tell you that right now but with that being said winds west northwest at 10 to 15 miles per hour again few snow showers few flurries so look forward to that excuse me real quick um weather man jake baby hey i'm here every week telling the weather i'm looking forward to uh, the Badgers win number six. Uh, uh, hopefully, <laughs> uh, my buddy Tyler is pretty crazy. He likes to bet a lot of money. Uh, I don't know why he does that. He can literally just give me the money if that's what he wants to do. But um, I'm looking forward to the Bucks. Uh, Isaac, it's starting to get cold here. You ready? Hey, it really is starting to get cold, man. By the time you come, dude, 
you will be freezing your shit. I'm telling you right now, buy hand warmers, and you're going to want to buy four for you and your wife. Put put one in each hand. Put those suck, put those puppies in your shoes, man, right by the toes. And uh, make sure you bring a sweatshirt and a jacket because uh, you're going to need both of those. Oh, Isaac. Oh, okay, okay, okay. You'll be drinking. Uh, you'll be just fine then, man. You won't feel a damn thing, dude. Um, your wife, though, if she's not drinking, she's going to be fucking cold, dude. Um, I try to uh, – I want to go to a game with my girlfriend, right? And she is always cold. Like, literally, it can be like, like seven degrees, and she's just like, oh, man, I'm cold. She's from California, actually. So uh, she just always is just cold. I'm always hot. And I always want to go to a game later in the year because Lambo to me, like, I – Picture the frozen tundra and all the, you know, Bart Star and, you know, all that, man. I I live and breathe that, man. I love that. Um, Yeah, you, you better. You already thermal shot this weekend. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, li- I live and breathe uh, Packers football, the legendary stuff. I, I love the cold games. I actually went to the second coldest game in Packers history. Packers in San Francisco in the playoffs way back in 2012, I believe it was, or 2011. No. 2013, but uh, yeah, I like cold games too. That, that's just real football to me. All those people that play in those domes, those pussies to me. But uh, yeah, Packers football is out in the cold. That's real football. But more on my story is my girlfriend always wants to go to like September games, and I'm like, I want to go to a September game. That's lame, bro. Like, I want to go to December against the Bears, and it's negative five, and it's slushy outside it's ugly and you get to run the ball 50 times you just run into each other and ah i live for that man that's 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 my kind of shit man it's later what is it? keep cap going that long yeah yeah cap yeah he's been gone that long dude no it was definitely like okay i think 2011 god who did we lose to i don't remember who we lost to in the playoffs but that was the year 2011 was the year after we won the super bowl and we were 50 one, we lost in the divisional round. It wasn't that year. 2012 and 2013. I know we played the 49ers back to back. I don't remember which one was at home, which one was in San Francisco. 2013 doesn't sound right. It was one of those years, dude. I'm telling you, because 2009 we lost to the Cardinals, 51-45. The next year we won the Super Bowl, 2010. 11 we lost in the divisional round. It might, might. I thought I went to a wild card game. And then 2012-2013, I don't know. Look it up for me real quick and let me know what you find. But I'm pretty sure it was 2012 or 2013. Who did we lose to in 2014? Oh, man, we have so many playoffs. I can't even remember, which is kind of sad. It makes me depressed. Maybe I will have a beer tonight. <laughs> but uh, let me look real quick. Packers, Packers, 49ers. Playoffs. 49ers playoff history. So let me look it up here real quick. All right. Playoff history. Here we go. All right. Let me scroll. Okay. 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 I'm going to find out because now 2014. Yep. 2014 lost to the Seahawks. Okay. Roger there. 2012. 2012, 5-2, Packers, 8-1. Um, I'm pretty sure it was like 
15, dude. Like, I think I'm spot on with that. See? I know things, man. I know things, dude. Just got to trust me sometimes, dude. This thing up here is big, man. And it's like 75% Packers, dude. That's all it is up there. Packers and telling myself to get up and go to work at 2.45 in the morning. You know? I mean, that's all it is up there. A little bit of my daughter mixed in there now. But, uh, yeah, man, I told you. That was a long time ago. I was at that game, dude. I was a young kid, man. I was, uh, yeah, it doesn't seem like 2015 was cards. Oh, yeah. You're right. Isaac's waking it all up. That was the game. Rodgers threw the two bombs. And then he, you know, we lost Larry Fitzgerald. You know, he's 150 years old, but he gets to run 80 yards on the freaking field because Carson Palmer throws a three-yard out. Remember that now. 2015. God damn it. Fed a lot of. Goddamn heartbreak. We need OBJ. We need the damn Super Bowl, man. Um, terrible days for remember, like players and plays, but whatnot. Yep. 2016 was Cardinals. That was a run the table year. I remember that. Run the table year. Actually, you know, going back to it, 2014, yeah, that was the, the, that was the relax, right? That was a uh, relax. Um, yeah, because 2012, I think. You know that. Hopefully, yeah, I know. I'm really looking forward to that news, Tim. Um, all memory, baby. Didn't Google nada. Yeah, how'd you brought that all up? Who the hell was 2017? Was that not so? Niners were 2019. Last year was Buccaneers. God, who the hell? I can't remember it now. I remember the Niners though. I was freezing my ass off. You know, it was so cold at that game. I, uh, second quarter, I went to go get my free hot chocolate because you got, like, hot chocolate for free, like, all you wanted, like, before halftime. I remember I had one, drank it. I went and got another one, like, to keep moving and shit. And I went and sat down, and I remember I watched the entire second quarter, and I was like, oh, crap, I forgot to drink my hot chocolate. I went to open it up to drink it because the top was getting nice on top of it from the the hot chocolate on, on the lip part. And it all froze. Yep. 2012 was Giants. Yep. Because they beat the, the Patriots in the Super Bowl. I remember that. That was when we were 15 and 1. And we, we lost in the divisional round because our defense was absolutely due to. I think that was the same year we lost uh, Jermichael Finley and uh, Nick Collins. Unless that was the year before. But, but man, Nick Collins. Let's not, let's not talk about that. I'm still sad about that. Jermichael Finley's kind of a, become a little bit of an asshole. Ever since he left the Packers and he got hurt, he talks a lot of shit about us. So I don't really care about him too much, but he used to be my boy. I used to love Jay Finn. Um, that being said, I'm getting text messages here. You know, come upstairs. So I'm going to end this. I appreciate everybody commenting. Um, I look forward to the Packers, Seahawks game on Sunday. Look forward to the Badgers winning. Um, hey, thanks for coming by. Thanks for helping me out. I did it solo. I know this wasn't as good when Tyler's here, but I tried my best. I did everything I could to break everything down. But, uh, yeah, uh, thank you. Appreciate you. And don't forget to share and invite your friends. Uh, bring them all in. We want more people. We want more conversations. Uh, we need we need more of it. So share, invite your friends over, all your Packers fans, Badgers fans, whatever you got. Uh, bring them on in. And uh, as soon as you guys hear some 
OBJ news, let me know if I don't find out first, but I'm going to try to find out first, and then we'll share it to the page. So thank you, everybody, and uh, enjoy your night. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.